Anna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Judith Gonda, here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Judith, would you like to introduce yourself and your books to my Snoops and Sleuths? Hi, everyone. I go by Judy or Judith, either. I answer to both. My books are about an amateur sleuth who is a landscape architect in a fictionalized version of Santa Barbara, California. And the first book starts off at her wedding and the big crisis is her groom after they marry between the ceremony and the reception, he disappears. So that's what launches the series. And that is what launches her career as an amateur sleuth because she is compelled to find out she doesn't believe that he just got cold feet and took off. She believes that foul play occurred. So that's how it starts. Oh, I feel so sorry for your main character already. I mean, I know. grief <laughs> right off the wedding and oof, room disappears. <laughs> of course, it could be worse. I have, I'm working on the third book in my series and it has a wedding in it. The groom's cousin gets murdered. <laughs> I think weddings are great settings for intense emotion at you know both positive and negative and it just it's just kind of makes everything a little more shocking because it is in our minds supposed to be a happy time and then the shock of something totally unexpected happening I think is really thrilling yeah but then all of a sudden you have your readers feeling really sorry for your main character mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's interesting because different people handle grief differently too and my main character denies her emotions a little bit because they're overwhelming so she just deals with it as she can but she channels her stress into sleuthing so that is what compels her forward and why she's so obsessed with finding the truth, not only just for it, truth's sake, but also the fact that it helps her feel like she's doing something to help and to dissipate some of her own anxiety and stress because of her loss. Yeah. So is any of your writing inspired by your actual life? Well, I have two daughters who are in around the same age as Tori, which is 30 something. And I, even though I'm older, I feel in my mind like I'm in my 30s. And just there are a lot of issues that come up for 30 year olds. You're supposed to kind of have your life in order but life doesn't always work out the way you think it will. And their career goals that you have and relationship goals. And that's what I find interesting to throw an obstacle in front of my characters. Her life 
Tori's life was just about perfect. When she was about to get married, she headed her family's landscape business and she found her soulmate and then boom, everything changed. And not only had she lost her husband, but her father had died uh, about six weeks before that, but they went on with the wedding and then it becomes apparent that perhaps the father's death wasn't an accident as it had been supposed originally. So just a lot going on with family, professional life and personal life. And I think my own daughters have had their ups and downs and their friends certainly has, have had their ups and downs. And when I reflect on my life back then, there's just a lot going on. So I think it's a great age to write about because you're mature enough to realize that things don't always go the way you wish them to. And you have to pivot and regroup. And that's not always easy. <laughs> it's a learning curve. And I like to see my characters develop and learn and help each other. Yeah, it's it's fun watching our characters develop and change over time as we write them. And it almost makes them seem a little bit more alive to us. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the whole goal, to make them relatable. Uh, you know, I mean, no one is perfect. And I try to make them likable, but not all my characters have likable characteristics. Mainly they do, but you have to realize that they're like regular humans that have some flaws, but the cool part is when they recognize the flaws and try to work on them. Yeah. So do you have any advice for those who want to write their own cozies? Well, just writing in general, I think you have to persist. Persistence is the key because there's so much rejection in publishing that you just not only, you know, real world rejection, but your own self doubts. So I think you just have to keep persisting. Um, and to take a lot of courses, I'm a big advocate of education and learning opportunities. I took a lot of courses and extension from UCLA about writing mysteries and other writing companies that have courses. And then online, there's a lot of free advice from agents and authors. And I always jumped at the opportunity when agents or authors would offer free feedback. I think you don't necessarily enjoy that, but it's very valuable and I think it starts building up your skin to be thicker because that's what you really need. It's hard, I'm a very sensitive person. So that has been a real challenge for me to not take it personally and to realize that most criticism is from anyone is there to help you. So just to be tough <laughs> and persist and to keep 
doing that over and over again and you keep creeping closer to your goals that way, I think. Yeah, the persistence is really a big thing that I feel anyone who wants to be a writer needs. Because mm -hmm. like you said, there's criticism from others and then you get into the world of the beta reader where you've handed over your book intentionally for criticism. Right. And you find yourself thinking, I asked for this. I know that that's the whole <laughs> thing. It's like masochist. <laughs> it is, and the whole writing process, you end up asking yourself, did I really get into this for this? Well, I think what's cool is that there's so many kind people in writing. I mean, I really felt like I felt found my group of people because it's a very generous group in general. I think they want to help people that are coming up behind them that have they've already been through that experience and they want to reach out and help. And it's just, um, you know, I think you just have to keep your eye on the goal that this is part of the whole process and it's not pleasant hearing things that you think are your little darlings in your writing but I have like my main character delayed reaction to <clears throat> anything emotional I kind of let a little bit of it seep in and then as I'm ready to handle it I let more and more and I that's what I've done with writing when you get any kind of criticism, sometimes it's hard not to take it personally. Like if they criticize the voice of the character, well, that character's voice is kind of your voice too. So it's hard not to separate the two, but um, I think you learn and you just, that persistence pays off because you get better at accepting advice and you take it for what it really is rather than taking it personally. Right. and. And you also just kind of got to live by the can't please everybody. Exactly. At times, which Good is like point. the hardest thing to embra embrace. Right. Well, it's like TV shows or movies. You know, everyone doesn't like the same show. And it, that really helps me actually reading reviews of TV shows or reading reviews of my favorite authors. And you see the range of reaction. And you're just stunned that everyone doesn't love what you love. And then you have to look at, well, then everyone isn't going to love what you write either. So true. Puts it in perspective. <laughs> yeah. So do you have a favorite character in your books or would you get in trouble with your other characters? Well, I do love my main character, Tori Benning, um, the landscape architect who turns amateur sleuth she's both smart and accomplished but she's also very silly she and her best friend ashley payne who's a lawyer have been friends since they've been children together in santa sofia where they grew up and where they work and live now and they're both very accomplished very serious about their careers but they also have a very almost um, silly side. They both are swoon over guys. They love talking about relationships. And I wanted to present people that 
are like people in real life where you're not one dimensional, that you can, you don't have to either be serious or silly or flighty. You can be all of that. And that's what I, why I like Tori because she is smart and cautious, but also occasionally she isn't cautious um, because she's not thinking, but in general, she really is very methodical about tracking down things and not putting herself in dangerous situations, which I like. <laughs> oh, your character sounds like a great character and a landscape architect. That's one career I don't think I've seen when reading Cozy Mysteries. Well, my older daughter's a landscape architect, and I've been fascinated um, with, she's now a practicing one, but she just during her graduate career at USC, just finding out about what they do. My husband's an architect. So I'm in that world of architecture and landscape architecture. And it's really a very interesting world because it's plants and gardens are all very nice, but there's a design aspect of it all that's very different. So it combines art, the artistic part of gardening, but also engineering and how water drains and all of that. So it's a fascinating profession because it's an amalgam of a lot of different professions, urban planning. And um, I just thought it would be interesting because the people that are in that I found are very interesting people. Well, it sounds interesting. <laughs> For my main character, I chose to make her a rancher. Wow. That's... Yeah. <laughs> she owns a ranch outside a small fictionalized town called La Sola, Colorado. <laughs> well, I love ranches. That's one of the reasons I picked Santa Barbara, because they have rent not in Santa Sofia proper, where Tori lives, but in the surrounding areas. They have the wineries, the ranches, the olive groves. It's very rural. And um, there's something very romantic about the West. I, I think Cal Colorado has that too, that Western influence is very attractive to me at least. Yeah. And the area I chose is actually Southern Colorado. So it's like it borders with New Mexico mm -hmm. almost. Mm -hmm. And I've been to that area. There's a town I love to visit when I can. Uh, it's called Pagosa Springs. It's this beautiful touristy little town that has these amazing hot springs that you can soak in. And just the surrounding of it is absolutely beautiful. Well, is it flat or are there no? It's more mountainous because it's oh, probably an hour to two hours away from Durango, which is close to like a ski resort called Wolf Creek. 
so the whole area is very hilly, very mountainous. So I chose animals that would be good for that for Sabia's ranch, which is like llamas, alpacas, love llamas. goats, things like that. <laughs> what? I love llamas <laughs> and alpacas. I mean, that already I'm hooked. That just uh, Santa Barbara has some of that too. I really <laughs> love that feel, that vibe. I was always surprised driving cross country in Colorado that a good part of it is flat on the oh, western yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah, the eastern plains to Denver, fairly flat country. Mm -hmm. um, until you get to Denver, then it's a mile above sea level and then get into the of mountains. course head west there and you're into the mountains right <laughs> you're right it was the eastern part i've driven like from kansas to um colorado and it just was wide open and plains basically yeah and that part of colorado is beautiful too i've been through there when going uh let's see going through to arizona or oklahoma which is where some of my family lives. And it's it's a it's beautiful, but it's also very plains. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but your setting is more mountains. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we should get back to you. Enough talking about my books. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, what author has most influenced your writing? Well, I love Sue Grafton. She's my ultimate. Um, I just love that her mysteries are really intricate and her character, I just love. Kinsey Milhone, just a bit of a curmudgeon, suffers no fools whatsoever, a loner, somewhat of an introvert, um, just a real character. And the opposite of her probably is Janet Ivanovich's Stephanie Plum, but they both are main characters who just, you want to keep revisiting. And that's such a skill to get characters like that. And I, I guess that's why I love their books because it's like meeting an old friend every time you open a new book. Yeah, and it's always great when you can find a book that just makes you feel that way, isn't it? Oh, I mean, that's just a skill. Uh, it's, it's a hard, it's almost an intangible, I think, because you can have some of the same characteristics in another character, but they just don't grab you quite the same way. Humor has a lot to do with it, though, I think. Yeah. If your character... If your character has a good sense of humor and your writer can do humor well, mm -hmm. then that's an awesome combination. It is. So if you and your main character sat down for coffee, what or whatever caffeinated form you prefer, <laughs> uh, what kind of beverage would they get? Well, in the food area, 
Tori Benning is very similar to myself. She'd probably order a non-fat latte, um, always conscious of not eating too many empty calories um, and enjoying a good cup of coffee. She also likes tea though too, so like I do. Basically, <laughs> basics, <laughs> nothing too fancy. Oh, that's, I'm always surprised at how different what characters are when I ask that question, because some are just the basics, black coffee, no sugar, no cream. There's those that it's like, yeah, I want the super fancy mocha latte da -da -da -da. <laughs> it just reveals so much about the character mm -hmm. it does <laughs> oh. so when you're not writing what kind of hobbies do you have well i don't know if they're hobbies but they're activities i have a new grandson who will be a year old next month so that's been a new experience being a grandmother and a real treat. And then my two Pomeranians are my extended or daughter surrogates rather now that my daughters don't live with me anymore, but um, they rule my life and their rescues. And I'm very interested in rescuing dogs and helping them and their older rescues too. And then my current obsession is the K-pop group, the Stray Kids. During the pandemic, I think the two things that saved me was the TV show um, Schitt's Creek that kept me laughing and happy and believing in the good in people <laughs> and the acceptance <laughs> of people. And then Stray Kids, I just love their music, but also, again, they represent to me a group of people. And I never would have imagined that at my age, I would be obsessed with young men in South Korea, but um, they're just the sweetest, kindest, inclusive people. And I love their work ethic and I love how I have seen their career, their careers grow over the last two years that I've been following them. And it's just very inspirational to me to see how a good work ethic and a good attitude regarding setbacks and unexpected things that happen how you just keep going. It's that persistence thing again. And um, because of that, it, it's just been inspirational to have music that represents that to me. Also, they do a lot of in-person sharing with their fans about what they do in their daily lives. And it makes them very accessible, getting back to this relatability and why you'd like a main character. They're doing that with their brand, basically, of being K-pop idols. And I, I, I'm just fascinated with how 
someone that you really don't know, you feel like you do know. That concept is um, just intriguing to me as a psycho I'm a psychologist by training. So it's, I'm just trying to still figure out all the components of that. And they talk about, for instance, what programs they're watching, K-dramas, which I had never watched before. So I got into some of those, the rom-com ones and love the escape they provide. It's like a drawn out Hallmark movie, basically. <laughs> and um, with a happy ending usually. So I've been deep into K-pop culture. Oh, whatever works, right? <laughs> yeah, whatever works. That's fascinating. Uh, fairly early in the pandemic, I discovered Afropop music. Huh. It's, um, well, the ones I've been listening to were, were, are like the classic stuff from like the 60s, 70s, things like that. Like what but, groups? Oh, um, there's one singer, um, Miriam, and I am probably going to absolutely butcher her last name, Moetic. I think is her last name, but she sings a song called Pata Pata. And it's one of those ones that just makes me get up and want to dance. I love that. Um, there's one that was written during apartheid that I can't remember the band, but the words basically translate to we cannot hear him. Because... Hmm. It was written about the time when, um, oh, basically it talks about all the, the freedom fighters back then when they got sent away to prison or things like that. Their followers are like, we cannot see him. We cannot hear him. It's, it's a very moving emotional. It's a very emotionally moving song. And a lot of the songs I would describe as moving in some emotion or other. <laughs> they're either very much celebratory songs and fun, or they're very serious. It's amazing like how that could affect your head. I, I, I mean, that's what the stray kids are all about. Not letting other people get you down kind of, and just kind of being yourself and not worrying about other people. It's, it's it's very liberating, I think. Yeah. And recently I've gotten into um, gotten, gotten into listening to blues music. Mm. In fact, there's a singer named Keb Moe that, and it's funny, I found out about him through a Hallmark movie. Hmm. Uh, the Sign Sealed Delivered movie, Higher Ground. Mm -hmm. He's the blues singer in that movie huh. and he has such a range of songs that he's done one of my favorites of his is called 62 chevy and it's another one that you just want to get up and dance listening to and well that saved us i think during the pandemic artists like that it's just yeah. amazing he actually has a song he wrote about the about the pandemic and that and the time around it 
called The Medicine Man. Huh. And it's an oddly amusing look at what that year was like. <laughs> hmm. So if you ever want to check it out, the song's Kev called Lowe? The Medicine Man. <laughs> and it's Kev Lowe is his name? Keb. K-E-B okay. apostrophe uh, capital M-O apostrophe. Oh, Keb Mo. Okay. That yeah. Good. <laughs> Thank you. That sounds like a good recommendation. <laughs> so how can my and you're welcome so how can my snoops and sleuths follow you i'm on everything just about under my name judith gonda i'm on twitter instagram tiktok uh, facebook pinterest uh, um, mainly with my dogs and book stuff trying to promote my books but a lot of very silly videos with my dogs dancing not dancing but rocking out to um k-pop <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm gonna have to follow you i love <laughs> videos like that they you know it's fun making them but stressful <laughs> my dogs oh. are just you know like you have one more minute to finish this up <laughs> or we're walking <laughs> Oh, I just released my first TikTok video. Oh. It, it's not very good. It's basically a screenshot of the book I was working on at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's hard, although TikTok I find is more user-friendly for putting together something. I still don't know what I'm doing half the time, but um, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. They have TikTok, what is it? Book talk is the hashtag to use for books. Book talk. Yeah. One of these days, I think I'm gonna have to put together a show that features all the authors that I've interviewed that have TikTok as kind of a question answer thing of how to do it. I think that would be that kind would of be fun. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be sure to include the links to, to how to follow you on the show's notes. Thank you. Oh, I've had so much fun talking with you. I can't believe we're on the last question. Same, Leanna. <laughs> Same. <laughs> what is the one complaint your characters would have about you as an author? Probably revealing all their inner thoughts and secrets. I think in my attempt to try to make them relatable, and it's written in the first person with Tori, so you really do get all her inner thoughts, I reveal her vulnerabilities and her struggles and her self-doubt. So I don't think any of us like to share everything with everyone, but that's the point of the book, basically, that you do yeah. want to do that. So, um, but as a character, probably would be thrilled to have everything out there but that's the way it goes Tori <laughs> <laughs> you can almost see our characters reading their own books like you Cringy. really had to share that with everyone <laughs> I know <laughs>
I think with mine in that regard, it'd be like, really, you have to tell everyone that when I see a cute guy, I trip. (laughs) (laughs) That's like Tori. I mean, she just goes crazy over guys. And I mean, you know, I think your heart flutters regardless of your age when you're in that situation. So we shouldn't be embarrassed, really. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've had so much fun talking with you and it's been so great. Well, same here, (laughs) Brianna. It's really been a joy. Well, Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on the Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons, Regina, Cozy Cub, Dower Bear, and Patty Paul for their contributions in keeping the show commercial-free and growing. I'd like to thank my coffee clutch for their help as well. If you'd like to be like Regina and have your name mentioned on the air, join me on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecozysleuth. Or you can become a member of my coffee clutch at coffee.com slash thecozysleuth. That's ko-fi.com slash the cozy sleuth. And if you want to hear some cozies read by live actors, check out the Cozy Mystery Rats Maze, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy.